Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode brought to you by Of Leadership. I'm Alex. I'm John. I'm Zach. I'm Christian. And we have a guest today. Christian Griffin is with us to talk about unconscious bias, diversity. I don't know. We'll see where it goes today. Um, but before we get there, uh, gentlemen, it is um, two things. One, it's the year of John. So thank you very much, year of John. John. And to the, to uh, all of our listeners, I appreciate all of the cards and get well wishes and accolades that have been coming my way. And I do want to say that no one sent us the front and back image of a check yeah. for the uh, fruit toilet romp. <laughs> At the nearest motel, so that offer is still open. Yes, yeah. If you need your your toilet unplunged, no, plunged. He'll do uh, both. Plunged. I think. I plunged. do both. Yep. He'll, he'll plug it up and then unplug it. That's and if right. If you're wondering what we're talking about, <laughs> maybe now would be a good time to recap our last episode, uh-huh, which is over focusing on a third. Which talked? I brought up the, uh, the the discussion based off of I'm getting married, which is awesome, but like. Um, Basically, I was thinking through, like, my fiancé and I just focusing on marriage a lot and then kind of getting lost in that and not connecting as people as well. And our relationship, I wouldn't say, like, getting worse or anything, but just, like, just different. And so kind of looking at what could be the downfalls of over-focusing too much on one thing when you're not continuing a relationship with somebody and being able to identify those things. So that was... Episode 68. This is episode 69. John, you're John. Be clean, sir. Yeah, well, I, I just thought when I was thinking about episode 69, um, I, maybe we just should just keep this chronic. <laughs> Let's just go to 70. Yep, just go to 70. What do you think, guys? Uh huh. I like it. Uh huh. Sure. Okay, great. Mm hmm. I was thinking that you don't know unless you put a line underneath the six. If it's 69 or... Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. It's actually... It's... uh, There's got to be a word for, like, upside palindromic number. It's the same as it is upside down and backwards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like palindrome. It's like like my fiancé's name. Her name's palindrome. Alexa, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Excella. (laughs) That's a a spreadsheet, isn't it? Axe for short. Uh Spreadsheet. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) so (laughs) with that, maybe we should introduce Christian here. John, this is all about you apparently right now. It is. Year of 2020, year of John, and and we have Christian Griffin uh, with us. And Christian is a guidance counselor at Kempton Middle School, where he has been a guidance counselor since 2016. Uh, Christian is a twice graduate of Kent State University. Uh, a former gridiron star. So for those football fans in the crowd, uh, Google Christian Griffin. Uh, what, what school would they Google Christian just to get a little highlights and uh, um, just some awards from you from your high school stellar running back career? What they? Well, thank you for that. Um, I I don't really know. So the challenge <laughs> is that I went to three different high schools. So we're talking about diversity here too. So I've had a very diverse experience, life experience. So I went to um, Glen Oak High School and that's playing local. So I kind of grew up in that um, area. And then I transferred to St. Thomas Aquinas, which is like a private school, and then went to and uh, graduated from McKinley High School. So um yeah, I'd probably say St. Thomas Aquinas or McKinley was my greatest, hmm. my best years. But if you think about it, like with Google, 
I don't know. Like I've tried to Google myself. <laughs> and I, feel like, I feel like not a lot pops up at this point. So I, I don't know. Like, yeah. Maybe hmm. our listeners could try Alta Vista as a search engine. Yes. That, that might be uh-huh. improved. Uh-huh. Go dog go. Yes. That's now did ask you Jeeves. Yes. Now did this go into college as well? Did you I did. I played football in college. Oh nice. Yes. Oh, at Kent as well. Well, yes. Well, I played at the University of Finley. Um oh. that's where I went to school. Um I think I was there for maybe two years. Um and then I ended up getting injured and uh it was getting pretty expensive as well. So we ended up, I ended up transferring to Kent state and, uh, I was there. Um, but I, I only played in the spring and then I stopped after that. So it's the Finley academics. Oilers. Finley Oilers. Hey, Oilers. Wait a second. Thank Finley's you. in, isn't that in Ohio? It yeah. is. Why the Oilers? I have no idea. <laughs> Google it. Must have been some Derek or something sitting out in left field they thought was a shrine to I know. And, something. And, and Zach and I have had a lot of discussions about this. He's very upset that the Houston Oilers are gone. I know. Very upset. Oh, yeah. Dan Pastorini was one of Kills my favorite me. quarterbacks. What is this going to do to the oil industry <laughs> if we don't have teams named after Oilers? Uh-huh. Well, and their helmet was... I still, to this day, still like Warren Moon and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, those powder blue uniforms were Pathetic, though yes. I should say. Yes. Yeah, they might have went farther if they were the Oilers. Uh-huh. Might have. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> That's true. But they hit the skids. So. Need backing yeah. from the oil industry. Uh huh. They did definitely, definitely need that backing. Well, shall we move along? Yes. Uh, so we're looking at the topic of diversity, and there was a little bit of an impetus from from my thinking for the topic of diversity in my comparative politics class we study in six different countries that are all very different from one another and one of the themes that seems to come out is that countries have conflicts between groups of people and just thinking through you know one of the hallmark parts of Bowen theory that we have looked at is the tension between individuality and togetherness. And it's been my observation that in our country, as we've become more anxious, groups form and groups harden and people look at each other suspiciously and we get comfort into groups. So thinking about the broader topic of diversity and its value in business, its value in organizations, but maybe beyond just the pragmatic benefit of diversity, because it sounds like a commodity to be massaged and used, of the essence of diversity and for us on the podcast, at least for me personally, I don't have a lot of diverse backgrounds uh, in conversation. So uh, having Christian here tonight, I thought would be a useful uh, perspective that perhaps I have not considered. So that's uh, that's where we're at tonight. I'll just say that uh, related to this topic, wherever it goes, I had uh, a couple of people at my college. I went to Grove City College over in Pennsylvania, and it's a 2,000-people college. Most of them are white. And there were a couple of people that were pretty passionate about having conversations about race and culture, which was really interesting um, because I just remember having grown up in a predominantly white area, 
gone to schools that were predominantly white then going to a college that was predominantly white and Christian, you know, so we're like, we call it the bubble, you know, you're, you're just narrowing down, but talking about culture and how, um, Americans, white Americans tend to not even understand the culture that they have because they're not butting up against any other cultures. And I remember that conversation being very fruitful just in terms of you don't know what you don't know, especially if you've never rubbed up against anything else. So I'm, I'm really excited for this. So we're going to be looking at the concept of diversity and looking at three angles. And for our listeners on our podcast, you know that things get pretty fluid and we just, we think about things, we ask questions and, but structure is really helpful. So we'll start off at least with structure and then we'll see what happens. But looking at diversity in three particular areas, uh, we're going to look at what diversity is, um, why it's beneficial and desirable. And then lastly, what are some barriers to diversity? And, and we think about racial diversity, but this would certainly zoom out and broaden out to diversity beyond just the topic of race, although that's certainly a lens to look at diversity through. So uh, looking forward to, to hearing from Christian tonight and having a good discussion uh, about this topic. So Christian, as you think about diversity, and it's an area of interest uh, for you, so maybe you could share with, with our listeners a little bit about your perspective on on diversity in general, from life experience, things that you've been thinking about. And then from there, we'll talk about what it is, why it's desirable, and then barriers. So maybe you could lead us off tonight. Sure, yeah. So as I kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, I came from uh, different uh, backgrounds, went to three different high schools. My family moved around a lot, so diversity was really huge for us. Um, so I think of diversity in, in a lot of different categories. Of course, there's diversity of race and ethnicity, but I also think, you know, there's diversity in, you know, socioeconomic status and income and also, um, just diversity of thought, you know, there could be, um, it could be, you know, two, two white guys that are in the same room and have two different thoughts or two black guys and, and that have, you know, two different thoughts. And so I always kind of, um, you know, whenever I'm talking about this topic, I always kind of lead off with, you know, I'm, I'm just one African American male kind of speaking on my own personal experiences, you know, so I can't speak for every, you know, person or whatnot. Um, but you know, when I think of having a diverse thought, it's being able to look at others kind of worldview, um, and lens or looking at things from a different lens, um, that's different than your own. So there's a lot of ways that you can kind of look at diversity, but yeah, those are kind of a couple of thoughts. So I, I've in, in politics class I teach, we talk about identity politics, which is looking at the world through the lens of a particular uh, category that we ca characterize our, ourselves as. Um, so sometimes I've heard people say, well, you're not a woman, so you can't speak to X. So because you're not a woman, you can't have an opinion on X. Mm -hmm. So, Christian, I'm wondering from your perspective, does having a particular race give you permission or more credibility to address an issue? Whereas someone else that may not experience that particular Oh, have that particular experience, have less mm -hmm. credibility in their opinion. And I'm not sure I'm articulating the question very well and, and how well you all understand identity politics. But the essence is because I am X, I have an opinion. And because you're not X, mm -hmm. your opinion doesn't count or counts less. So I'm wondering how you see that question. Yeah, I think it de depends on the, the circumstance um, that we're talking about. But I definitely think that 
because you fit under a certain umbrella or category of you know people groups or whatnot doesn't mean that you relate or differently or like you can understand a specific issue or topic better than another person per se um, but I think that there are different maybe certain life experiences um, that might resonate differently with um, one group over over the other I've heard that before too um where I've talked to certain people and they say, well, you don't, you can't really have an opinion on that because you don't really, because you're not this, this way or that way. And I think this is a very interesting topic. And, um, there is something within Ed Friedman talked about empathy, um, which I find interesting. And he was talking about the fallacy of empathy. So empathy, the way he, um, described it was like, trying to be within somebody else's shoes which you can't do i'll never be within the experiences you've had you know you won't be able to have the experiences the specific experiences that i've had but the other flip side of that coin is having sympathy for one another and going along some beside somebody and like talking to them about that experience and just being there to listen and be there for them to have sympathy for that experience. I wonder if there's something there where it breaches that line of like um, why people, this is a sticking point is because they're like telling other people who have had that experience, like, well, you could have just done this or like I've had this experience, which isn't related at all, or maybe somewhat related. And I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense or if it's one of those things we're just trying to like connect somehow. And so if I tell you my experience that might be kind of similar to yours, but will never be your experience you know is that just trying to connect with somebody is that the togetherness piece that we're trying to do because it's awkward otherwise yeah well i would say for for my personal experience whenever i've talked to people about these topics um it it's very um it makes me feel a lot better whenever they can kind of connect um in a way not necessarily that they have that shared experience but they can be able to have empathy for that being able to say like hey man like i'm you know, I never thought about that. I, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, you've experienced that and, and kind of ask more questions. That's why I like this kind of format because it's, it really kind of opens up conversations and I'm sure that there's other experiences that other people have had as well that, you know, they can share with me that would help me to kind of get to know them a little better. Um, you know, at a little bit more deeper, I guess on a deeper level. Yeah. So thinking of it from a togetherness spectrum it's just interesting like I can think of some friends that I have known that are characterized by their know-it-all tendencies like you've never surprised them like they've never you you could never say anything that they didn't already know about or weren't already right on um, and in that same way there's nothing that really shows a distance between two people than saying I don't know about this would you share it that curiosity that we're sort of like trying to cultivate and so if our instinct is to bridge this togetherness it like instinctually we also don't want to act like we don't know something we want to assume that we can step into their shoes on the slimmest of similarities and say man like totes know what you're going through because i had a hangnail once or uh, <laughs> i don't know so i don't know just thinking through the togetherness separation spectrum there's nothing that shows separation near so much as just like what you don't know yeah you know the worst one for me tell us is i i 
I definitely understand. You know, I have a, I have a friend that's black. <laughs> I'm not racist. <laughs> so having, yeah, that association is interesting. Yeah. Can I talk about the racist label a second? Yeah. Uh, I, I Sometimes I, so in politics, do you think X person is a racist? Yes or no? You, you know, they, they ask for evidence of you're a racist or you're not a racist. It seems incomplete. It seems lacking nuance. Um, so let, let's talk about labels, sexist, racist, homophobe. Uh, maybe we'll just stop at those. Um, how, how do you, how, yeah, it's a good list. <laughs> how, how do you see that? Is Frank, is Mary a blank? Yes or no? How how do you see that? I'm just wondering. Well, what's the purpose of doing that? Well, I think it's to put people in groups. Yeah. You make judgments. Mm -hmm. Yes, he is. No, she's not. Mm -hmm. I feel better that I know and I can associate a label with a person's name, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And then, and those people... Including ourselves in this room, so let's not like absolve ourselves. But like, oh, I've never labeled anybody in my life. Sure, we've all been there. We've all done it. That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> Misha is a dummy. She's a big that's, old dummy. She's labeled. That's my dog. Mm-hmm. I she's call people Misha's out in the real world, and they're just confused. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you're putting them within that that framework, so that way you can under. I mean, you're trying to like understand it in your mind better is that it are you trying to separate yeah i I don't know i i I think the human heart is capable of much wickedness Mm -hmm. and judgment snap judgments which includes racist thoughts i think that that's just part of the human condition and for someone to say i'm not a racist Mm -hmm. i'll speak freely and listeners can disagree and even you guys here i don't know that someone can say I'm not a racist because what they're saying is I don't judge people differently based on this identifiable. And I think we all have a semi-conscious bias sure. built in, but I don't know. Christian, you want to speak to that? Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. I think we all have some sort of unconscious bias that we don't necessarily think about, um, you know, in particular, perhaps unless we're faced with a specific situation. Um, and even, even sometimes we don't really classify it as that, you know, I'll give an example. Uh, so I had a friend and we were actually just coming back from Bible study and we were like a part of this accountability group. Um, and we were kind of carpooling. So I was, um, in the passenger seat and my, my friend was driving and we pulled up to the gas station and, so there was a guy that was pumping his car to the left of us and he was like, Oh, Christian, like, hold on, let's let's not get out of the car yet. There's a black guy pumping his car or pumping his gas. And I was like, Oh, that's just awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I think he didn't really in that moment, like he it was kind of in his mind and he had thought about that for a while, but it you know, it, it was it was a moment where he probably didn't even realize it was going to kind of come out. Hmm. Um, but there's been moments I'm sure where I've, you know, done the same thing. I mean, we all at times, you know, depending on the area that we're in or whatnot, we might lock the door or something. So I think, you know, we all have something. I think that the key is recognizing what our 
unconscious biases are and how that impacts other people kind of around us. You know, we think about me as an educator and as a counselor, teachers, you know, people in different businesses. How do how does your biases kind of impact other people and being aware of that so that you can maybe when you're kind of thinking of those things, kind of put a stop to it because we can't we can't necessarily control our thoughts per se, but we can kind of control what we do with those thoughts. So in in the topic we're looking at, we're talking about diversity and we're looking at barriers to diversity. And one of the barriers to diversity might be unconscious bias, as you uh, reflected on. And and you mentioned that it's not necessarily the thought, or the but it's the action behind the thought, the unthinking action, as you shared in the example of the gas station. So w- what's a remedy for that? What's something that as as brothers that we could think about to address the situation and make it better? That's the best way I can ask that question. And I'm just asking for anybody's perspective on that. Well, for me, I think as a Christian, I think really the best thing is recognizing, you know, when you think of of heaven, right? Like it's going to be all shapes and sizes and different colors. And it's, it's, you know, it's the way that God designed it. And so, um, I think, you know, I heard a quote once that we, you know, might as well get used to it now, start, start (laughs) practicing now, kind of being relational with people that look and, and sound, uh, different than you. Um, so I think, you know, being able to, to kind of do that is, is really helpful. Um, but yeah, but also just having that self-awareness, just knowing, you know, like I said, knowing what your biases are and whatnot, and just kind of getting to know, getting to know people that are different than you, maybe perhaps even intentionally. Um, you know, when I think about like the workplace and and leadership, and I was having a conversation with a staff member about this because there has been conversations around, um, you know, do we have a diverse enough staff and uh, what that looks like and how do you go about it? And I think a part of the issue is, you know, perhaps there's certain people that maybe are more attracted to schools, right? Like when I like the school setting. So when I was in my program, you know, I was the only black male. I think I was maybe one of two males. Um, the majority of them were white female. Um, and so that, you know, that plays a part in it, but you know, there's also different things that, you know, you could possibly do, you know, I know that there's diversity recruitment fairs in different areas, um, you know, where you're intentionally looking for those things. So yeah, I just think finding ways to be, being able to be intentional, is really the key Hmm. for me. I was thinking about, um, so as a teacher, we get new students and and as a counselor, you get new students every year and I have to spend time, even if I have the same student again, fighting through my bias that I already set upon them every year. So, and you know, you have a student who, who comes into your classroom or your wherever this could be, whether you're anybody at work or wherever, and trying to so hard to reset my mind to think I know nothing about this person and I don't care what they're wearing or what they're doing, I need to give them a chance. Like, you know, and man, gosh, it's so, it's incredible how difficult that is. Like every year, I think the same thing. It's just somewhat easier to just say, well, I'm going to write this person off because of X, Y, Z 
but that's not like I guess it depends on your guiding principles, right? But like my guiding principle says that's not what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm not supposed sure. to just write people off. You know, even just as an educator, I'm 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 pretty sure that's probably somewhere within the probably frowned on. Yeah, it's probably frowned upon. But mm-hmm. like it's incredible how much that just seeps in because it's just easier to just, you know, be like, Well, this person sits in the back and they don't really talk to me so they must not really care about school, so I'm not really gonna help them. You know what I mean? Like um how it's easy to just kinda go to into those little pot pockets and pots too. Um, and I think even on a daily basis, restarting every single day can be very difficult, but at least I've noticed it's can be really helpful too to just say, okay, it's a new day. There are different persons today. How can I connect with this person? Uh, it's, it's difficult. I mean, and we've talked about that before with guiding principles where we want to be people that are principled that say that define ourselves and strive to be what we're defining ourselves as. I am patient. I want to be a good husband. I want to be this. I want to be that. Like, um, and uh, assuming that those are guiding principles that you've thoughtfully considered them, um, that you're holding them loosely and considering them and you're thoughtfully just basing your actions on them. Like that's who we want to be. And the inverse of that is we want to allow others to do that. And if we're starting to label people, if we're starting to say he is a slacker or he is untrustworthy or he is, you might have good reason or you might not have good reason for believing that. But if you lock that down, then they don't have the ability to change. And you've given them an easy out, at least in your relationship, because we talk about relationships being the foundation of a lot of this. But you've given them an out in the relationship to say, you've already labeled me this. You did. What What can I do? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing else. Because I think especially with confirmation bias, a lot of this is like the cards are stacked against you, right? Like, you don't know what you don't know. I know that when I went on mission trips in high school, just going into a lot of them were on inner city trips. And they exposed me to whole different, I would say, cultures, like just homeless populations, different church structures, a whole bunch of different things that just made me really uncomfortable. But it also like showed me ways that I thought about different things or things that I had never thought through before that like threw me for a loop. And they, those were formative experiences. And I know that if I hadn't been uncomfortable in those situations, then I wouldn't be who I am now or near as gracious as I am. I just wonder how much, like when you, Christian, you talked about connecting with people and how important that is. And and as you were talking about going on these mission trips and stuff like that, or even connecting with students or whoever you're connecting with at work, um, (laughs) I was actually challenged. Uh, what was it yesterday or the day before? Thank goodness my fiance, she's just, she's good in this way. I was kind of complaining about some different things at work and this person's whatever. And she goes, well, sounds like you just need to talk to that person. I was like, I don't, you know, but like, I'm like, I've already kind of labeled them in this box and you want me to, but I know she's right. You know what I mean? Because what I'm doing is I'm taking all that surface level stuff that we talk about when we talk above the iceberg, right? And I'm ignoring all the emotional system. Like, why might they be acting this way? And maybe I can talk to them. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I just interact with them more. And it doesn't necessarily need to talk to them and be like, hey, what are you going through? Like, that's not, maybe maybe I need to talk to them to feel to recognize that this person actually is another person who has emotional things that they're also going through. What I've noticed is like on mission trips and stuff like that. Or and not even just mission trips, but like when I put thrust into a different culture, and I've been blessed to go around the world and stuff. 
is that like people are still people. <laughs> I still deal with the same stuff every day. And it's always this relationship that is so hard between people. Like just it's to have relationships with people and finding that connection is so important. But it takes some time sometimes and people don't want to speak up and talk about things that are underneath the surface at times. Yeah. So I think you hit on it. It's, it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's out of our natural uh, comfort zone and it's difficult. I think as people to do that, to get out of your, your, the box and the, the worldview that you kind of normally have um, and to kind of dive into someone else's kind of, I guess, thinking and system and whatnot. But mm. yeah, I think that's, that's uh, one of the big keys. Yeah. I wonder how much of that too is like, you almost label yourself in some ways, mm-hmm. right? So I've set up these guiding principles and blah, blah, blah. And if you're so tight-fisted on those, if I now I'm interacting with somebody who has different thoughts, who could influence me, maybe I don't want to do that because then I'm going to be lost. Who am I now? You know, like what? Ugh, you know, that's difficult. I've been experiencing. <laughs> I don't know about you, Zach. And I'm sure you gentlemen could also speak to this. I'm getting married. And she has her own thoughts and ideas about things. And when <laughs> we thought? don't, and we don't agree on stuff, I'm, I've been like, I've been like taken back a couple times. I'm like, oh, I've never thought about that crap. What do I do now? You know, like, you know, and it's just been super interesting. Um, I just wonder if that's part of it too, because we like to be a certain way. And now if I have to be different because you're not telling me to be different, but now I've got a different perspective and I have to process through I actually that. have to wrestle with some stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard for us to go from the known to the unknown. Mm. I think when we're anxious especially, we like to cling to the known and I've thought of of racism in the example of an emotional triangle. So I can think of the deep south and slavery and how uh, two whites might look at so emotional triangles oftentimes when things are anxious you have two insiders and an outsider and so the two insiders have something that they talk about and they focus on a third and I think in in so I'm looking at, hi- at history and, and southern racism if you will that two whites talking about a black in a in a derogatory way is something that brings them a sense of pseudo intimacy and so focusing on a third it kind of keeps that relationship stable and so even as I say that and, and I could I could hear in my mind and I'm, I'm going to just throw out an idea here I could hear individuals I don't know maybe at a university right now hearing this podcast saying I don't have a racist bone in my body but if they actually stop and think about that there's always two against one that two intellectuals talk about a Trump supporter in a disdainful way and so it's two insiders against an outsider and so when I think of barriers to diversity it's it's being stuck in a relationship where all we talk about is judging others and racism can be an illustration of that. And then a solution to that Christian you touched on earlier was getting to know people of other perspectives, I think is a solution to that barrier of diversity and, and can deprogram that unconscious bias. That sounded really smart in my head as I shared it. I'm not sure how much sense it made, <laughs> it but sounded smart out loud too. Uh huh. Yeah. I have triangles. I'm so shocked. Amazing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do wonder about that. Like that kind of the emotional fusion that 
you know, Bowen talks about an individual gets anxious, they begin to kind of seek out other people to get some sort of confirmation for their anxiety. And perhaps it brings about a sense of empowerment. And, you know, when you talk about kind of slavery and you talk about kind of racism and and whatnot, um, you know, I wonder if some of that has something to do with it, that empowerment feeling. And, and so eradicating that is scary. I mean, actually undoing that triangle and and looking at it. You mentioned earlier, Zach, about individuals who know everything and they, they don't seek to understand outside perspectives. To think about the undoing of that thinking is, is for some, um, uh, an alarming and a uncomfortable thing to do. So... But at least for me, that's part of the reason why I think racism is such a systemic and hard problem to address. Eradicates maybe not the right word, but uh, because of how systems stay stuck in their infancy, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to change those. But individuals leading by guiding principles can define themselves and take steps themselves to do that, at least in, in one way of people they're related to. And that's stepping outside of what maybe the cultural norm is where you're at, right? Um, I was actually, I don't know how this ties in. We're going to throw it out there. (laughs) I was reading some guy um, posted something on Facebook about how American culture is so individualistic and so self-serving in a lot of ways. So if you're a gun person, I need guns because I need to protect myself or I need to do this. I need to, what's the other thing? Other example, you came up sex. What it's best for me, whatever is best for me is what is best. It seems like in our American culture. And I wonder if that, I don't know if you see any tie-ins Christian or anybody else, like when it comes to racism or anything like that, I wonder how our American culture continues to feed into just having bias towards other people too. I don't know. Um, I think, yeah, my wife and I were talk, kind of talking about this the other day, just in terms of it seems like people just in general, like if they have a certain idea or, or philosophy about something and they're challenged in a certain way, that it's it's difficult to kind of get outside of that and kind of look at it from different perspectives. So, hmm. you know, when you think about it, like if you're challenged in a certain way that, you know, you've been challenged, you said by your, um, you know, future wife um, or whatnot, like it's, it's just easy to just kind of say, well, I mean, you know, this is kind of the way that I think about things, whether it's gun control or <laughs> whether it's, hey, I'm not a racist or whatever it is, like it's, it's difficult to kind of look at things and be able to take kind of corrective, you know, and good positive feedback mm-hmm. about those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. My, my least favorite statements that I've said myself probably at one time uh, well, it's just the way I am. Yes. Oh, well, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you talked about like identifying your biases. Like how does one go about doing that? What does that look like? It's a great question. Sometimes it's in that moment, right? Um, you know, in the example with, with my, my buddy at the gas station, that probably wasn't the greatest moment to, uh, you know, un- see that, uh, for yourself. But yeah, I think, I think it's just about being reflective, um, as much as possible. You know, when you think about, um, you know, again, at, at school, um, I mean, I'm going to give that example, just kind of being a, an educator and some of the things that I've heard. So, 
you know, if a new student transfers in, because this is kind of a, a, a hot topic sometimes, you know, if they're transferring in from a, a certain location or mm-hmm. whatnot, um, you know, you might hear those comments like, oh, man, another kid from Akron or another kid from, Cle-, you know, kind of catching yourself in that moment and thinking, hmm, is that is that really kind of based on my, my guiding principles? Is that something that would is really helpful thinking Mm -hmm. um, in that regard. So it's difficult though. I think, I mean, again, we all have biases and I don't know that we're going to, as John noted, eradicate those things per se, but you know, as, as much as possible, just being reflective and recognizing that we all struggle, we all sin, we all have, uh, you know, our, our, uh, downfalls and whatnot, but being able to be, uh, and then if, if you get some corrective feedback about it, being able to look at yourself and I'm I'm reading through a book um, by Jordan Peterson called the 12 rules of life and rule number eight is tell the truth or at least don't lie and he encourages people to two things number one be willing to hear other perspectives and things that may that I wasn't or person wasn't aware of and then secondly speaking the truth so when you say how do you correct those biases one of the ways I think is when you see bias that you call it for what it is and you say this is my perspective and that comment bothered me or I think that comment wasn't helpful of speaking that truth I think that that's that's one way to undo bias is to, when I say to be called out, that sounds mm-hmm. judgmental and, and angry, but I don't know. It's hard to be aware of an unconscious bias if it stays unconscious, mm-hmm. maybe. Hey guys, so we're having a really great conversation and for the first time ever, we just talking. So this is me stepping in to say, hey, this is the end of this week's podcast. Uh, Look forward to next week as we continue our talk on racial bias, confirmation, other bias, all sorts of bias, just great stuff. Um, You can check us out at ofleadership.com. OF.ME backslash OF leadership. If you want to find us on Facebook, check us out, shoot us a link. We'd love to hear you guys reach out and we'll look forward to next week. Thanks for listening.